Welcome to Rough Drafts, how God writes his love in our stories, a podcast that explores the faith journeys of our friends and neighbors in Burns, Tennessee. Everyone has a story to tell. And in this podcast, we'll hear powerful and inspiring stories of how God works in the ordinary lives of people like you and me. Our stories are unfinished and perfectly imperfect. They're just rough drafts, a glimpse of what is to come because God is still at work, writing plot twists, introducing new characters, and bringing good even from the most challenging circumstances. Join us as we see what God is up to in our stories. Here's your host, Matthew Hyatt. Well, today's guest, uh, he's a leader of many Honduras trips. He is an outdoor guru. He loves our college students and young adults. He does all sorts of ministry and mission work, and he is married to Bethany Quinn. Today's guest is Tyler Quinn. Tyler, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. That I love that intro so much. Well, you you should. You wrote it for me. Oh, yeah. Well, that's true. Kidding. Yeah, it, it's it's it would be easier if people write their yeah, intros. Yeah, I could just write everything out and just read kind of like monotone if you want that. That would be the best podcast ever. Yes, it would. Somebody made a joke to me this Sunday about uh, uh, would I read anything that was written in my notes? Like if they swapped a page in my notes and put something in it, would I just read it on Sunday? I said, I'm not like the teleprompter guy in Anchorman. Like, yeah. It's a great idea, but. Well, I'll try it. We'll test that theory. Maybe this Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. So Tyler, I know that you are a person for whom this is almost physically painful. You can probably tell in my voice. Yeah. Yeah. It's like we're just talking naturally and then you hit the record button and it's like I get super like rigid. You don't like being in the spotlight. No. No. And I appreciate that about you. Well, thanks. <laughs> but here you are anyway. And tell me about the preparation you did for the show today. Well, I thought about it. Uh when you asked me a week ago and then you canceled on me. And then I thought about it after you canceled on me and you canceled on me again. <laughs> and then I didn't think about it since then. Now I'm here. Good, good, good. Yeah. And you were going to listen to some of the episodes, but yeah. your wife said. My wife said, don't, because everyone is going to be better than me. <laughs> oh, that's, no, that's, that's not exactly how she said it, but that's how I heard it in my mind. <laughs> well, does it really matter what she said is if it's what you heard? Right. Yeah. It's how I feel. We're going to be in it. trouble after the show, aren't we? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Especially once I get all warmed up, never know what I'll say. That's that's exactly right. Uh, a lot of people at Burns might not know that Tyler was one of our youth interns um, yeah. several years ago. I don't even remember when. That Sixteen was. or seventeen, I think. Did a fantastic job. Our our kids loved you. You went down in in history as one of the all time favorites. Just a, a really fun summer. We got to do some pretty cool stuff together. Yeah, yeah, and that's honestly why I felt so comfortable jumping in here and doing the uh, college age ministry so fast. Because yeah. it was, it just felt like they were, they were in high school when I was here, and now they're in college when I'm here. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, I already know you, kinda. It's been a few years for some of them, but it just jumped right back so into it. Picked right up where you yeah. off. Yeah, it felt like they were just kind of to say, hey, you know, I'll be like, yeah, sure, I'll hang out with you guys. I know this isn't really the point of the show today, but give me the 30-second commercial for College Ministry of Burns. Uh, join. Ask all your friends to join. Uh, we have not been doing anything as of the past few months, uh, you know, getting everything straight, but a few of them aren't here. Well, most uh, of our stuff we do, we do in the summer and in right. Christmas break. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully once, maybe once your class on Revelation ends, we'll start a class on Wednesday night again, uh, but we're definitely going to do a Bible study. Uh, on a podcast, maybe this podcast, maybe another podcast. 
um, and just listen to it throughout the week. And we're going to talk about that coming up starting in May and then run all the way, hopefully, until uh, school starts again. Very cool. And then we'll do sprinkle in some events here and there. Got a couple of them going to Honduras with us. You went to Austin Peay. I did. The half, halfsies. Halfsies. Tennessee Tech for two and a half and Austin P for two. Okay. It's, yeah, definitely didn't finish in four years. But hey, two and a half, uh, four and a half is still pretty close. Yeah, it's fine. That's not it's bad fine. at all. Well, Tyler, you know the question that I'm going to ask you. So oh, I'm so excited. For it. No. Ask it anyway, though. Okay. Fine. <laughs> yeah. What's your God's story? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, kind of fun i hope um interesting is you know what the word i want to use uh <laughs> interesting is a loaded word yeah well i guess it's not super super interesting but uh I, so it started i didn't i'm not from here i was born in toledo um i'm from earth but not from born in toledo ohio and uh we moved down here when i was six uh my family is catholic uh pretty devout catholic my grandpa is a bishop in the catholic church that's a big deal Nope, not bishop, deacon. Okay, deacon. Still, still pretty big. Yeah, it's a big deal too. Pretty big deal in like his area, and he's you know prays every night. Every every opportunity the door is open, he's there, and um, yeah, great great stuff over there with him. And all my family is still Catholic uh, for the most part. And uh, my dad grew up Catholic, went to a Catholic high school, um, and my mom. I think she said the closest thing that she could relate to it was like a primitive southern baptist but she was in the north or something like a like a i feel like she said straight southern baptist i know she wasn't allowed to show her ankles um like like growing up um that's really what i remember most for some reason is the ankle thing uh so that's kind of that's what they were separately um so when we moved down here they compromised on a methodist church um i guess they felt like that was uh middle of the road between those two um, that's, I see how you could get there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it made sense. And, you know, I went with them whenever you know, they went, they had friends there is pretty, I think the biggest driver of that. So I grew up like around church kind of, um, but I was never really like super into it. I, I went to uh Bible school, Bible class and whatever Sunday school, uh, growing up, but really I was just so incredibly shy. I kind of like handcuffed me from being super involved or deep into anything. Um, so we started going to the Methodist church, um, just kind of, you know, going whenever my parents would drop me off and stuff, um, uh, going through the motions with that, not being super committed, but definitely had a, God had a place in my life for sure. In the beginning, I would pray every night possibly better than I do now, uh, as far as like, I would always pray for, uh, you know, just safety was like my biggest thing for some reason when I was little, I, and I still kind of carry that in the end of my prayer, just keep me safe. My family safe is always what I throw in there. I don't yeah. really know why my dad's very, well, I guess I do know why my dad is very safety oriented. Yeah. <laughs> always texting me with storms and, uh, you know, making sure I don't get snuck up upon and murdered by a stranger while I'm wearing my headphones. Does that happen often to you? Well, I was in my house one time with the door locked and he snuck up behind me with the key he had to open for the door. And then he pretended to um, like slip my throat and was like, you would never even heard me come in. And I was like, I'm listening to my headphones with the door locked in my house. I don't think I could be in danger. And he said, you never know. So 
Well, that can make a person a little jumpy, I would think. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, always been safety-oriented. Uh, you know, not not saying it's my dad's fault, but yeah, I forgot to mute that. So you uh, you came from the north to the south. Yeah. You came from the Catholics to the Methodists. That's right. Yep, yep. Uh, we went to, in the Methodist church we went to had like a merge service. So it was like a little more contemporary. They had a band um, and they had... Think communion every every week, maybe, or and so it was it was a little different than like your traditional like Methodist services. But in the eighth grade, I um, went through confirmation, uh, like up in front of everyone. You knelt down and you said back to them what they had written. I guess um, you know if you're in class and everything. I think there was like six of us, and uh, they said it. Everyone else said it around me and. I didn't really have any problem with it. And I don't really, well, I know why, but I didn't have a problem with it. I just kind of mouthed the words and didn't say them back because I was just that shy. Like I didn't, I just yeah. didn't sing. I didn't talk like in general. I would, I was just kind of sitting there mouthing back what they said to me. And apparently they noticed. Did they really? Yeah. Cause I got a letter, uh, in the mail uh, there was just two of us uh, that got letters that I found out because everyone else said it and, you know, they're allowed. And uh, I I said a few words. So I was really surprised to get it there. Like, hey, we noticed you didn't say anything uh, up front. Um, so you're not confirmed uh, like as a member um, in, in the Methodist church. So I was like, oh, you guys, you guys were really looking close to see if I said anything wow. back to you. So how did that, how did that land? How'd you feel about that? Uh, I would, I kind of the first thought I was like, well, I, I said a few words. Like that's how I say everything. <laughs> like I mouth the words to the songs. Like, cause I wasn't really into it too much. You know, I was just going with my dad and mom. Um, and I was like, oh, okay, sure. I guess I'm not like a member here. I feel like after that, i felt like I dropped off more, yeah. like even more so than like... That was kind of a, a push you away sort of thing? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Looking back at it, I feel like that's when my commitment started going even lower in, in terms of that. It was around eighth, ninth grade. Um, and then my parents, I started recognizing them having uh, more problems like relationship wise. Uh, and I guess similar or close to that time, they got a divorce. Um which they had told me it had been coming for a while, um, which, you know, looking back at it, you realize, you recognize all the signs with like changing rooms and stuff. But like, even back then, I feel like I was so sheltered. I didn't even, I didn't even notice any of it. They just kind of never really were around each other and they never, they didn't talk too much. Definitely didn't show affection when I was um, younger. And def I feel like it's something I struggle with a little bit to this day, trying to using that as my example like i got it i can't i try still trying not to like getting away from that you know like i feel like that's what i solved so i want to make sure that you know that doesn't end up being me well if you come from a family that's not terribly free with expressing yeah or verbalizing uh, emotion i mean your default answer is to not do that and right the crummy thing is it's really easy then to interpret the lack of that is they didn't love or or maybe even that's normal. Like they did, they did love each other, but I didn't, uh, that's what I thought love was. Yeah. So that's kind of, 
I feel like now in my later years, I'm trying to look more towards how God loved the church first, how my parents loved each other. Yeah. Um, so that's that's something I'm working through. You know, one of the terrible things is we learn about love from the people who are supposed to love us and love each other. Yeah. And none of us are perfect at doing that. So like, right, we have really imperfect pictures of love. Yeah. And they, they love me. They definitely were committed to both of my sister and I, but as far as each other goes, um, probably not so much. I think they would say that. I remember them saying that it had been a while coming when they first talked to us about it. And no, 16 is kind of a hard age to hear that your parents are getting divorced. Yeah. Um, so the Methodists say, yeah, you didn't get confirmed. Your parents get divorced. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. So it could have been pretty bad. Right. Uh, when we, so when we moved, uh, to Tennessee in general, we moved next door to a family, uh, the Carters, definitely my second, uh, family. I would always be over there with their son who was my age exactly. And then another one that was just a, probably about four years younger, we would always be playing football, hanging out. And they went to uh, Hartsville Pike church of Christ and they would invite me all the time. Like they really and just kept inviting me and I always said no every time and it was really around that time when my parents were getting divorced uh, I finally said yes uh, just to going to the fun stuff yeah. I, I would they had a TNT Thursday night together and they would play games and eat and like, yeah I'm definitely into the food yeah. <laughs> and the games of it all so um, I went to that and you know I didn't have any friends uh, in high school or in middle school, I got bullied a lot um, in like locker room and stuff. For uh, one time, I remember I wore tidy whities I got made fun of for that. So that, that sticks with me. It's funny how vivid those memories can be. Yeah. Someone stole my smiley face French fries in the middle school uh, cafeteria line. Jerks. Yeah. He was bigger than me, so I couldn't do anything about it. Do you know if he's in prison now or? Hopefully not. But you know, I wasn't sure that was going to be hopefully or hopefully not. <laughs> yeah, well, trying to be a bigger person, I hope but well. you know, that's a, that's a new idea for me. Yeah, yeah, I'll teach you sometime, maybe someday. Yeah, you know, kids stealing my lunch in uh, ninth grade too, throwing it all around the the gym, stuff like that. So I got made fun of a lot for, and I just never said anything. Uh, just you know, used humor to try to get out of it, like you know, a lot of people do. But, um, yeah, so I was very shy, didn't have any friends other than the people next door to me. The, those two guys were pretty much the only people I hung out with and another one, uh, that came over all the time. So I was like, well, I mean, sure. If they have friends here at, uh, at Hartsville Pike, I'll go check it out. Um, so I would just, you know, play games with them every Thursday. I went for a while before I said, yes, I feel like my process looking back was so slow. Uh, but they, they kept asking me to Wednesday night and I was like, no, I'm not into like that part of it. Like I'm, I don't want to talk to anybody Uh, other than like, you know, playing games is different. I feel like that really bridges the gap. Like when you're, if you're athletic or something, you don't really have to talk. You just let your actions speak for you. And that's how I kind of thought back then. So I let, I let that happen. Um, and then one day I just said, sure, we'll, we'll try Wednesday night. We'll see what it's about. These people are my friends. Now we can hang out. And it really went from there. Um, had a really good youth minister um, at Hartsville Pike who I just talked to the other day, actually, and he said not to mention his name. So uh-huh, I was about to ask you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's. Uh, I'll I'll talk about him a lot more and say really good things about him. So he didn't want me to mention his name, but he was. Uh, I'll tell you. 
uh, later because uh, I really would think you guys would meet and he's a great, great uh, influence on me uh, throughout my life. But I remember he like would just be there for me and whenever I needed him, I never really had anything like that other than like dad or mom. So I just text him if I needed something, he would be there. Really, I was over at church all the time at this point. Yeah. Um, and I hadn't been baptized. I think it was junior year of high school. I hadn't been baptized yet. And he sat down and studied every um, word, uh, every time the word baptism was mentioned in the Bible with me, yeah. um, which I feel like I've always remembered that. And I don't think he was quite aware how uh, persistent I was going to be about not being baptized because <laughs> there was, well, I mean, how many times is the word baptism mentioned in the Bible? It's like 70 something, okay. I think, is what I, I think what we did. And we went over every single word and we, we met every single word of all of them. And I still didn't get baptized after that. So and what was the hang up? It was really what other people think about me, okay. specifically my dad. And which is still something I'm trying to work through is like, yeah. like people judging me. Like I joke like, oh, I don't care what people think, but I do. Almost everyone does. Yeah, more more than I more than we should yeah. for sure. And I've always said like, oh yeah, no, I don't care what other people think. But I think that's just me trying to deflect that, right? For sure. And so I was always worried about what my dad thought uh, about me going to church because he grew up Catholic, and um, you know, Church of Christ sometimes get a bad rap for you know the way we think, especially how it used to be. I think. Um, so he asked me one day, um, well, first I decided to get baptized. I asked him, I was like, Hey, what would you think about this? Like, I know I've been baptized in the Catholic church when I was a few months old. How would you feel about me getting baptized again? And he was like, I mean, do what you want, do what you feel like is right. As long as you're believing in God and you're going to church and I don't have a problem with that. So I was like, yeah, that's great. Felt, felt good. I went the next day, um, not after morning service because that's too many people. <laughs> right. Yeah, I tried to stay away from that. Um, so I went a few hours after morning service, got baptized with him there, um, which was great, good feeling. Uh, I feel like it was a few weeks after, but he asked me, I think he had done some research on like Church of Christ, like what they believed and stuff. And uh, he asked me, so do you think that I'm going like, you're the only ones going to heaven as like members of the church. Yeah. I was like, this is what I was afraid of. And I got real nervous and I said, of course not. Like why? I don't know where you would think that he's like, well, I was just, you know, reading and talking around and mentioned that you got baptized in the church and somebody said that church of Christ think they're the only ones going to heaven. And I said, no, I, I know some people that think that way, yeah. uh, for sure. Um, but I don't, um, I, when the first mission trip I went on, I heard one of the guys that we went with say, um, to someone in Spanish, had it translated. If you don't, she was baptized, I think a Baptist church down there. And he said, if you don't get baptized in the church of Christ, you're not making it into heaven. You have to get re-baptized. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) To someone that didn't just got baptized. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah, I hope it's working out okay for her. But when you hear something like that, it's, I mean, it's just for one, it's not a biblical thing for two. It's just a bad look. Yeah. Yeah. And I kind of, when I heard that, I was like, okay, I can kind of understand why my dad would think that yes. and why he would ask that. So 
I said, no, of course not. And, you know, my, my grandmother passed away probably almost 10 years ago now, right before Bethany and I um, met or we had just met or something like that. And uh, I just can't, I just cannot believe and imagine that she's not going to be in heaven because she was making prayer blankets till the day she passed when she had cancer. Yeah. Like, I mean, she devoted like her whole life. Yeah. I think people sometimes, there is kind of a fine distinction we need to, to draw. Um, I am accountable to my understanding of scripture. Like I need to do what I think scripture tells me to do. Right. But at the same time, I need to recognize that not everyone agrees with my interpretation of scripture. And if God's mercy is anywhere near, like it's described in the Bible, he is not looking to catch you on a technicality. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I need to give room for you to be wrong because it's just as likely that I am. Um, yeah. But man, yeah, we've, we've done some damage with that stuff. Yeah. And I love that way of thinking now. And I, I feel like I've always been a little bit more like that, but definitely even growing up being baptized in junior year of high school, I, I feel like I had a little bit of that thinking I was almost better for knowing more. And still, I don't even know the basic Bible stories because I never went to VBS or anything. Yeah. I still struggle with that. Um, but yeah, I, I remember when dad saying that, I'm like, I'm kind of glad he asked that we could kind of get past this and tell you what I think and tell you how I believe. I hope he believed me. And I think he does now for sure. But back then, I hope he really knew that I wasn't like the, that way of thinking. And I think truly that way is a, a small percentage, but gets such a bad rap. What stinks, though, is there are um, there are a number of people who do think that way, but don't admit or realize that they think that way. And this is the example from my life. I was in a Bible class in high school uh, at the school I went to. It had a it had a Bible program, and I was arguing with the teacher because I thought he was wrong about how he was interpreting a passage of Scripture. You know, it was pretty gutsy of me, pretty arrogant of me. Um, and he said, "You think you're, you think that you and Church Christ people are the only people who are right with God? Well, no, I don't believe that." Yeah. Uh, and he said, "All right. Besides Jews in the Old Testament, babies who die, special needs people who aren't accountable to God." You believe that the only people who are right with God are the people who organize the church the way you believe, worship like the way you believe, baptize the way you believe, believe the same things about the end of time as you believe. You believe you're the only one going to heaven. You just won't admit it. And what he forced me to do was realize that, yes, I did. Yeah. I didn't. I wouldn't have said, you know, you have to be Church of Christ. But what I thought was you had to be exactly like us. Yeah. And if you didn't put the right name on the building, you were probably wrong anyway. You know, you're suspect at best. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm I'm really grateful for that teacher who kind of prompted me to acknowledge that I didn't, I don't think I knew I believed that, but I did believe that. Mm -hmm. um, I I think obviously reject that now, but but any, sorry, not not my story. Your no, story. no, I love that. I love that. Um, yeah. So after he asked that, you know, we I felt like we were good. We got set on a good path. Uh, made it through high school. Um, I really just going back to the youth group thing. Cause I think that is such a big part of my story is just being a part of a youth group and really why I wanted to do youth ministry and youth interning. Um, cause I, I don't think I talked to anyone until like junior year of high school. I was just trying to avoid eye contact at all possible. Yeah. I remember a story of, uh, 
my one of my middle school teachers uh, i had i was in track and i asked her like can i go practice i go practice track like i'm supposed to leave early from class but i was so nervous telling her my face was red and i was stuttering and she said i don't think you're supposed to go i think you're lying to me and i was like no i'm supposed to go to track like i've got to get out of class early and she walked me down there and asked my track coach and said is he supposed to leave early is he like on the team and he said yeah he was supposed to be here like 10 minutes ago and I said, yeah, I tried to leave. And she's like, well, I thought you were lying because you were so nervous. <laughs> it's like, well, I don't, I don't know how to speak to authority figures. I am sorry. <laughs> so just youth group really helped me work past that. I still struggle with it a little bit, but I was able to talk to people and have friends. And that really set me on the right path to just getting in the door, really. So church youth group provided for you a lot of the things that you were missing at school. Yeah. In a lot of other places. Yeah. Personal life would just go home and not really say much or do much. Um, just kind of keep to myself. Um, but yeah, youth group really helped me in yeah. that area for sure. Uh, so that's why I wanted to do internships. I started, um, uh, I guess right out of high school or maybe senior year of high school. I went uh, with that youth minister. I did one year, I think I, and then. And, and what was his name again? Yeah. Yeah, it's good track, good track. <laughs> He's too humble. Um, so we uh, we did an internship with him for a year, like or maybe, a, maybe it was just the summer. I liked it; it was good, and you know, felt like it was maybe something I could do. But didn't I didn't go to a Bible college? I just went to uh, Tennessee Tech for engineering. Uh, failed that super hard. Uh, calculus and calculus too. Calculus is the devil. Yes, I, true. <laughs> Uh, so once we got past that and realized that engineering was not for me, came back and did another internship with him, uh, and got a little more serious about it. He made me lead singing. Didn't like that. Uh, and neither did anyone else turns out. So, <laughs> so, so you want to sing a song for us on the podcast? Yeah. 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 Uh, here we go. Yeah. Never. <laughs> I can't even, I try, I purposely sing low so I can just blend in. That's right. Yeah. I, I mind the crowd. That's right. That's right. So, and people told me that, <laughs> but that's okay. I I deserve it. We'll send you a strongly worded letter. <laughs> yeah. If I started singing. We noticed yeah. you were mumbling during the songs. Yes. You're no longer a You're not a real singing. Christian. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So I went through all that, started doing sermons enough, which was so hard for me to get up there. But I really feel like God was kind of pushing me to do those sermons and getting me through that <laughs> because it helped me communicate with people in general, like learning how to speak in front of a crowd is good, uh, of more than two. Um, so that really helped me get out there a little bit more and pushing out of my comfort zone. Cause every time I got up, I really did not want to do it. Yeah. And I'm sure you noticed that when I did interning with you, you never complained about it. You never said no. You never balked. No, I mean. Right. For my fear of disappointing you. <laughs> well, so we found that there's a hierarchy of fears. Yes. But you always gave it the best you had, even if you didn't love it. And that was pretty right. cool. Right. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Definitely want to do, if I'm going to do it, do it good. Do yeah. it well. Do it the best that I can. So never liked it, but you know. So you did the internships. Yep. Yep. And I guess, uh, going back a little bit, we started, I went on my first mission trip to Nicaragua, um, in, uh, right after I got baptized, I think, um, 2013 or 14 loved it immediately. Like just felt like that was where I was supposed to be. 
not sure if I had the best, like, and I had good intentions going, sure, but I really liked to travel at that point. So I was like, oh, this is great. I'll go travel and I'll see, I'll spread God's word. It's right where I should be. Yeah. Um, and maybe I was trying to focus on the travel of it too much and my, you know, newfound confidence that I had with having friends. Yeah. Uh, so maybe didn't do the best things for the best reasons down there on the first trip. Uh, but I met Bethany on the first trip um, and didn't start dating then, but had to go back next year because I liked it so much. And then we started dating, you know, got engaged the next year. Um, but as each trip went along, it just it had to be something I did every year. I just looking forward to it too much. Still get nervous. Even every time I go, I feel like before you leave uh, the States, even for a week, eight days or whatever, but it's just something that I feel like I was put here to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm excited about this, uh, this Honduras trip coming up this summer. Yeah. Um, who else going? From our church? Yeah. We got names specifically. Sure. Okay. Got Marshall, uh, all the Scots, uh, Brittany Hardin, uh, Susan and Frank, uh, Sam England, uh, Hannah and Bryson, Bethany, me, you, 14, uh, two guys from Portland. Uh, and then there's one more who is going to be really sad that I forgot their name. Oh, somebody from Burns or somewhere else? From Burns. Oh no. From Burns. Oh, Did I say Marshall? You didn't say Marshall. I didn't say Marshall. There's Marshall. Yeah. Marshall. Okay. So you realize you're putting enough members from this church on one airplane that if the plane crashes, they're going to make a movie about us. Yeah. That's kind of exciting, that's right? Good. Yeah. Yeah. What could possibly go? And this podcast will be super awkward to play it at <laughs> Well, it may get like a big bump, you know, after, uh, after you pass on, everything <laughs> goes up. The posthumous edition or whatever. Oh, perfect. You know, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Well, Bethany has really bad luck with planes too. Can, I'd realized that I was flying with her. I would have said no. Yeah. Well, too late now. Yeah, that's right. You're booked. I'm, I'm walking there. Yeah. Yeah. You might want to. Yeah. Okay. Definitely had some rough plane rides with her. So what are we going to do in Honduras? In Honduras? Yeah. We're going to, uh, so we built a trench for a lady that needed one. Uh, her house was getting flooded and um, we just, first day we were there, dug a trench. So we could be doing that. Uh, maybe some clinic stuff. Um getting people fixed up as best we can down there, bringing uh, some vitamins that I hope you read the email about. I did. I haven't bought any yet, but I have, well, I haven't either. It's okay. Well, that makes me feel better. I haven't even signed a paper that I need to yet. <laughs> and we're leaving pretty soon. Um, yeah. Building three houses, hopefully, maybe more, probably more. Um, in a nice little 16 by 16 wooden house, uh, tin roof, pretty simple, but uh, just really loved the, faces and the reactions uh we built a house for a guy who had one arm last year oh wow and he was right beside us the whole time taking his little scape i think that's what it's called cutting like cutting grass with it uh, yeah, yeah. um i don't know what it's called yeah. but he was uh just cutting grass next to his house i mean he had the best view i've ever seen of a house on the side of a mountain just cutting it just so proud to have have one about 80 years old one arm how cool yeah how cool yeah, and then the the woman we dug the trench for was an uh, older lady who had just joined the church pretty recently, too. So just showing her what the members of God's body can do. Yeah, just, you know, that's kind of been a recurring theme in our conversation today is um, we talk about the spiritual good that the church does, and obviously that's incredibly important. Yeah. But 
the church helped give you confidence. The church helped give you a friend group. The church gave this woman a house that didn't flood and this man, you know, a sense of identity and ownership. And, um, you know, I think sometimes we forget about how important the here and now is in ministry. Um, you know, we're not just trying to get people to heaven when they die. Yeah. We're trying to help them while they're here too. I've important. always bet into like the doing part of it. I, it's hard for me to sit by and just listen to like all these ideas flying around or even being honest, I'm so sorry, but like even listening to a sermon is hard to, hard for me. My feeling. Yeah. So yeah, you're one feeling. You're one feeling. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's hard for me to focus for 20 minutes, for 30 minutes. I just, I would rather be out doing stuff now. I'm not the best at that for sure. Especially with a kid, life gets crazy. But you know, one of the things that's tough is it's a lot easier for a church to organize a a day where we sit in a room and someone talks and we sing than it is for us to organize let's go out with hammers and two by fours and plywood and mud and paint and nails and screws and like that there's a lot of moving parts and so church tends to default to sit around and talk instead of go and do but we are called to go and do yeah you know the, the sitting and talking the only point of the sitting and talking is getting us ready for the going and doing yeah. so if all we do is sit and talk and don't go and do we have missed the mark completely. Right, right. Fellowship I, is another one. Of the, the fellowship and God's like path for us are the two things that I feel like I've always focused on the most. Yeah. Like because I didn't have a whole lot of friends, God like I have a community with uh, His followers, and I just really think that's so important to make sure that you have a strong family of church family. Yeah. And then with God's path, I think it's. Uh, pretty much impossible to deny that God has been in my life from the beginning. Like he put me next to the family in, in Tennessee that we moved randomly could have been next to anyone. Yeah. Same age, went to Hartsville Pike, you know, God did that from the beginning and the timing that he did there when I finally got baptized. Great. Brought you to that youth minister. Yep. Yep. When he was there. His name was. We will talk about this later. Man, I keep thinking they'll slip up one of these times. We're trying to yeah, test me. Bob, right? Yeah. Yeah. We'll just call him Bob. Bob. Yeah. That doesn't sound quite right. Maybe he was a youth minister named gym. Bob. You know. <laughs> trying to get facial yes. expressions see out of me. See yeah. if he has a ticket in yeah. his Hang on. I'm Googling <laughs> who was youth minister at Hartsville Pike. And Bruce. <laughs> uh, but still, the, the fact that you had somebody who was invested and she connected with. Yeah. Yeah. And then God put me on that mission trip, meeting my wife uh, at that timing and just kind of putting, even coming back here, uh, I try to look for God's like plan along the way, which is, it was hard leaving like our friends back up in White House and where we moved from, which we've only been here not even a year yet. Is he? Yeah, I know. And just coming back here to do the college age ministry thing. I know we haven't done too much yet, but I think good things are coming uh, for that. And I'm excited for this summer. And I think God's been there every step of the way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I love the way that you're looking for him and seeing him. Yeah. One of the things that I think is important about this conversation, um, I don't know that our high school kids, our middle school kids would have necessarily believed your experience was what it was. Uh, because, you know, when we see you, you're the one who is helping us have a good time. I mean, you are, uh, you're playing games with us. You're destroying us in code names. You're, um, you know, you're, you're cooking this fantastic dinner or, or doing all of these things. And so when um, I hear you say I was bullied and middle school was horrible and high school was horrible, um, I identify with that 1,000%, you know. 
I was so glad when I found out that the people who said high school was the best time of your life either had really sad lives or were liars. Bethany thinks that, I think. Does she really? Yeah. Well, then she has a really sad life. No, 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 you can't say that. <laughs> she, I, I don't think she thinks that anymore, but I feel like I've really found the opposite. Uh, yeah. Someone who enjoyed high school. Well, she was super involved and she yeah. was super popular and good at all the things. And everybody knew Bethany and she's yeah. practically the mascot. Nobody knew I even went to high school. I bet. <laughs> Just, I tried to stay back. I think that's so good for our kids who are in your shoes and who are in my shoes. Um, to get to know there's hope. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. and through, I feel like sometimes we use the youth group as like, oh, let's just keep the kids that are here on track. Yeah. You know, just like, this is what they need. They got, you know, we don't want them doing other stuff over there. We just keep them here. And I feel like with me, if I didn't have it, I don't even, I don't know where I would be. Definitely the youth group giving me confidence and Bethany just giving me confidence as a person is really, I would just be, and God leading over all of that, obviously, uh, I would be completely different person. Every now and then people kind of dump on youth ministry and say, well, you're just playing games with the kids. Unless I want, I, I want our youth ministry to involve worship and study and service, but I don't know that people understand how important playing games with kids is. Yeah. Um, for one, that's sometimes the only way you'll ever get them in a door to help or build a relationship. I wouldn't have been there without those games. But for two, when you're playing those games, you have, you are you. You're not church you. You're not phony you. And even as we're sitting here recording this, there's a group of people in the fellowship hall who are retirement aged. And what are they doing on a Tuesday afternoon? They're, they're playing games with each other because they love each other. Yeah. Um, it's I like to say the church that plays together and the church that prays together stays together. Yeah, I like we it. need to play and pray. We are a celebrating church. That's a big idea. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember the sing like the singings too. We just did it in a stairwell. Big the acoustics and stairwell. Yeah. Always the yeah. best. Yeah. Though that part of it too, always I was like, Man, I've never even talked out loud. So like if singing I can kinda just hide and like be a part of it. Yeah. And that was just that was a cool experience to me. And I still like listening to the singing. You know, it's funny. Sometimes people criticize big churches as well, people can just hide there. And they forget that sometimes that's exactly what some people need to do. Yeah. Um, so one thing we haven't really talked about, you mentioned several times about how being shy made church difficult for you. Um, let's talk about church for introverts, because church is a place where extroverts run the show usually. Yeah. Um, and, and it's all about, go tell a stranger about Jesus. And every it's time true. you say that, an introvert literally dies a little bit inside. Uh, what What have you learned about church as an introvert? It's tough. Yeah. <laughs> but it's really kind of what you know brought me here it's like it's forcing me to be a little extroverted which i'll never be yeah. an extrovert it's just how i am but i definitely think there's a place for you working maybe behind the scenes a little bit doing video stuff or just talking to people one-on-one -on -one is easy for me i don't know if it's easy for all introverts but like having one-on-one -on -one or like groups of three and four is like now i can't do that too many people but like groups of two or three i feel like that's really where i do well and if i can get someone alone like just talking about god or just having a conversation i feel like that's where i thrive it in. goes a long way yeah and i feel like that's personal yeah. uh in that aspect and maybe if you're an extrovert you don't need to be wasted on that or something maybe that's the wrong word but like you're better at speaking to a crowd than me and i could never do that and be as effective well, and sometimes we try to make everybody be like us 
And not, it's not everybody's job to teach Bible class. You know, it's not everybody's job to preach. But you still try to make me teach Bible class. Occasionally. How dare you? But I think sometimes the people who have the, have the least desire to talk sometimes have the most to say. Yeah. See, I've been, I've been talking for a while now and I didn't think that would happen. Yeah. So. Well, we are getting near the end of our time, I think. But is there anything you want to talk about, about how your faith has changed in your life or? Uh, I mean, I feel like that's been the majority of it, how just having surface level, um, going to church for friends and like knowing God was there versus trying to seek out what he wants for me every day. Um, and I try to do that. It's like I said, it's hard with a kid and everything that's you got going on. I feel like it's easy to push that off. Um, but just being just vigilant for what God is doing and working in your life is so important to me. And that's so good. That's so good. Be vigilant for what God is doing. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he's there. He's definitely there. And it's real easy to forget that he is. And just something just happens. You're like, oh, that's cool. But then if you step back and think like, why, why did that happen? And you're like, oh yeah, I've, God's there. God loves me and I love him. And that's, I think that's why. That's why that happened. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. Uh, that'll preach. Not that you want to, but it will. No. Yeah. You can say it. (laughs) I'll I'll give it to you. I'll give you credit. Patent pending. Well, man, Tyler, I know this was a step outside of your comfort zone, so I appreciate you being willing to do it, even if it was your fear of disappointing me that ultimately motivated it. That's right. Uh, If you'd like to work on your fear of disappointing me, um, I can point you to several people who don't (laughs) seem to have any problem with it. I'll get together for that. Uh, Monica Gossett is their president, uh, and they meet on every Thursday. Well, I like Monica. Uh, uh, This is unfortunate. So, hey. Thank you for spending some time with us. And friends, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Rough Drafts. If you enjoyed uh, our time together, uh, go hug an introvert. <laughs> no, no, no. No, please don't. Uh, give them some space, but love them from a distance. Uh, and share this with a friend if you don't mind. Uh, that's the best way to help get the word about this show out. If you'll just tag somebody in social media that you think would enjoy it uh, and benefit from it. Uh, and what was that youth minister's name again? Never. I thought he was going to cave. I thought that was it. Well, until next time, friends, I can't wait to hear what God's up to in your story. Thanks for listening to Rough Drafts. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. While you're at it, help us spread the word by leaving a rating and review. Until next time, let's keep looking for how God writes his love into our stories.